I am currently sitting in my bedroom at my little crafting table repairing some jewelry. So if you hear some clicking and clacking and clunking, that's what you're hearing. I am multitasking, which is cool. And guess what? Jessie's not here. So I guess it's just you and me. I have, you know, I've always been called, I've always felt called to share my voice in one way or another. When I was in high school, I used to do, build my own blogs. I used to use some basic coding on Blogspot just to build my own little blogs and type. Uh, creative story writing's always worked well for me. And making videos, making content. It's always felt like a part of my purpose. And now podcasting, sharing my voice in this way. I really love, I really love. I've not done it solo up until this moment. But recently I won a bunch of amazing Rode microphone gear. And some of the mics that I won, they, I couldn't tell you what kind of mics they are. Lapel mic, I think. Jesse, that's Jesse's department, understanding the uh, technicalities of the equipment and such. Um, but basically, I saw that win, that glorious win, as a sign from the universe to be sharing my voice more readily, to be doing some solo stuff when it comes to podcasting and to be doing it on the go because setup's always a whole process. So you have to sit down, you have to set up the mic stands and the big clunky mics. And this one I can just click onto my shirt, press record and it's recording, which is amazing. So thank you so much Rode Microphones and the Rise Academy of Music for hosting an amazing uh, mid-year show and giveaway so that I could receive this abundance. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I felt like, feel like sharing my voice is a part of my purpose. Purpose. I've been reflecting on this a little bit recently because I have been feeling within myself removed from my purpose or just blocked from my intrinsic sense, intrinsic sense of purpose. I've been feeling disconnected from purposeful living and that's a difficult space to be in and I'm sure it's one that most of us can relate to. I've been through a lot recently, some huge shakeups. And because of the way that I process things, everything's very, I, everything's very self-directed. It's, it's my Leo moon, um, but it's dramatic and it's all about me. And, uh, you know, all, all, uh, all reflections lead inward, which is a, a good thing. Um, but 
I can fall into traps of just really negative self-talk and I can have my self-belief. Um, it, it can be negatively affected by what I go through externally, which is, uh, you know, something I have to work on. And that's what's been interesting. You know, moving through what we've moved through this year, what Jesse and I and my family have moved through this year, it's been huge. It's been reality shattering. And I thought moving through this that everything that I felt and experienced emotionally would be related to the loss, related to the grief, related to the event. What's been really interesting, I am finding through my grieving process that a lot of old stuff is coming up and has come up, is present. A lot of old stuff. And it feels to be a lot of the stuff that I had swept under the rug, that I had shied away from, had run from, that I'd hidden, that I'd dissociated from. And also old stuff that I'd not yet completely worked through, things that I hadn't known how to work through. It's all of those old thought patterns, behaviors, and emotions that are really present for me in this space. And that's been fascinating. It's fascinating. It's not what I expected. It's all of that old stuff with the new trauma stacked on top of it. And it just kind of goes to show <laughs> um, that, yeah, you can't run from it, whatever it is, that it has to be felt through and dealt with. Um, but that in a, in a constructive way, everything really does come back to the way that we reflect on ourselves, carry ourselves, manage ourselves, work through our stuff. And the more cohesively we work through our stuff, the better we know ourselves, the more tools and uh, coping mechanisms. Oh my God, what is my bird doing? Molly, hey! Sorry, that's a part of the Danica experience experience the more of this work that we can do for ourselves the more that that is what shines through in times of crisis and uh, I think I've done a lot of work which is I guess why I keep being told that I'm doing really well but I don't feel like I'm doing really well um, but it's not about how quote unquote well I'm doing. It's, it's, it's just, I've got to sit with what I'm sitting with, which is feeling disconnected from uh, my sense of purpose and, and my self-belief has really been affected through everything that I've been through. And I don't know what to say about that. That's just kind of where I'm at. And it's really easy to fall into that, in, into a really negative headspace, um, especially because my energy has been affected physically. I feel different mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. And there is a lot of 
I just don't, yeah, I don't know what to do or where to go from here. And on some level, it feels like my priorities, visions, goals, ambitions have shifted, have changed. But on another hand, have they? Or are these the things that will bring me home to myself? So right now I'm working on a, a Marla repair, which is part of the um, Marla business. These are the dynamic, dynamic energetic tools and adornments that don't last forever, but that can be remade and transformed and rebuilt time and time again. Sounds a little bit like the human spirit or spirit. And it's taken me a really long time to get to this one particular repair. I started the repair and ran out of thread right at the end of the repair. And that was like, what? What do you mean I ran out of thread? How, why? I just sat and spent all this time and energy doing this. And for some reason that crushed me, crushed me. I literally went out the next day and bought some more thread, but I didn't manage to get back to it for the next few weeks. And that's the kind of space that I'm in right now, right? Like why? Why did that hit me so hard? Why did that so deeply affect my energy levels and my commitment to this practice? And yeah, you know, I have heaps of people telling me that this is part of the process. All of this stuff, emotional stuff, energy stuff, mentality stuff. And I, you know, that's nice. I can, I can um, reflect on that. But then intermingled with all of that stuff is just this crazy emotional experience. Um, yeah, just like feeling really unstable emotionally. And yeah, I guess I'm just having to return time and time again to what it is that I love, what it is that I was working towards. Um, and I think that the next step of the journey may be returning to the, the joy that underlies all of these practices. Because when, you know, for a period of time when you're grieving, like long-term joy can be um, sapped from your life. You can experience moments and a few days, a few weeks at a time that are really joyful, but you just come back home to this loss, this space of emptiness when a part of you has But I've been having those, those little flashes, those little visions, those little tugs on my heartstrings of, oh, I really want this. I really want this, whatever it is. And we all have those, I don't know, I, I think I always have those moments. 
of my heart being called to something, some practice, some place, some space, some person, some activity. And it's so easy to override those little moments in everyday life. Like the other day I was just, it's been, it's not the other day, it's just been building, but this call to be in the Blue Mountains, that space is really, really special to me. Something about the monolithic cliff faces and the way that they capture the essence of time and time past uh, does a lot for my spirit and soul. And so I've been called to a particular part of the Blue Mountains and just been listening to that and had a moment when I was driving to work where that, re- that pull really came through, like, oh, I really want to be in the mountains. And this guy merged in front of me. And he had a decal covering the entire back window of his ute of a waterfall in the mountains. And there was no like business associated with it. There was no like it it was he it was a part of his vehicle, like it wasn't just stuck on the inside or whatever. He had gone through some effort to get this done. Um, but there was no, you know, it wasn't presenting any information. It wasn't like a business thing. It was just like this beautiful view of the mountains. It was beautiful space in, in the forest and looked like mountainous forests. <laughs> and that felt like a response from my world, you know, an invitation. I was like, wow, I don't know what this is, but wow, like that is where I want to be. Like that's what I'm dreaming of. And I, I it's still like, this is what I'm talking about where, where it's like still old stuff that comes through in this new space of being, because it's like, can I just follow that? Can I just trust and follow that pull to be in that space? Can I just allow that for myself? Can I just make time even when it doesn't seem um, logical or practical or there's guilt associated with it or I don't have the time or there's all of those bullshit narratives and stories like can I just make time for it? And how far do I take it? Because <laughs> there's a lot that my heart's being called to. And I took a little um, magic heart medicine trip up to visit a friend up the coast. And that short amount of time, just a few, really four, four nights with her up in the sunny coast about a month ago, just did so much for me because that was a moment of me not thinking too much and just following the call of my heart to be somewhere even when it didn't make sense. And because I've done a lot of the opposite, I've done a lot of hearing that call, feeling the pull, but then doing it or not doing it or doing it a certain way because it makes sense. And if you've listened to the Haunted House episode of this podcast, then you'll know how that's played out for me in the past. That can be really dangerous. Um, and, And it's been interesting to reflect on that part of myself that has some really strong heart based callings some really um, clear messages from my heart that my powerful and overactive mind just takes over and overrides um I've had so many of those moments, especially in the last few years, and it 
feels or at least my mind has attached stories to, to a lot of these experiences it seems as if as a result of that kind of being I have experienced some really dire consequences and some really significant and painful losses and when you go through a major tragedy a major loss like I just have there's like a space of plasticity within the self, but also in the world that you can drop into, tune into and connect with um, inside and outside because the two are inherently connected. I've shared a little bit about that kind of belief uh, in previous episodes, same thing. But um, if, you know, anyone who's had to become familiar with grief and who stayed really open through it has really just dropped into it, you know that reality doesn't feel like it did. It doesn't quite feel as real as concrete. And in that space, there can be heightened access to the visionary states, the dream space, the subconscious realms. There's messages and dreams and signs and synchronicities and the people around you are sharing visions that they've, that they've had or moments or, um, yeah, it can just be a really fluid space. And if you, and that for me is heightened around the time of, um, like a loss, someone passing before and after. But that is also always accessible to us. Um, but when you really feel into the space surrounding a loss, like once the, the energy of someone significant in your life um, has shifted, there, there seems to be, it seems to me that all of that energy, that magnitude, powerful, expansive, connected energy um, that was held inside that person's body, that was connected to me, that I was inherently intermingled with, the, the vessel has been broken down and now that energy is free to flow. And so all of this, the energy from that person in my life that was connected to me, all of our energetic bonds still remain but now as potential energy because there's, there's no concrete connections left to be held apart from associations within my mind. And so that's what I speak to when I say that there's sort of this space of plasticity where I can feel that as my connection and relationship to my dad um, physically has ended, mentally and emotionally has shifted, um, and then energetically has it, it becomes something more. I now have the capacity to almost absorb those energetic bonds, those energetic ties, and develop them by becoming, like embody them. And I feel called, I feel, like I, I feel that this space that I'm in right now is, is a space of initiation, really being initiated into another way of being, but I can feel how easy it is and it would be just to sink into the grief and sink into the void and to allow those energetic bonds to just 
they'll never fizzle away, but just to float off or turn into something else or to reinforce those old neural pathways, those old behaviors. It's because of that, that work that I haven't done, you know, because of those default grooves that we just fall into, those unhealthy patterns. And if, if they are the most prevalent patterns in our lives, some of the most prevalent patterns in our lives, then, then we won't be able to answer to the calling of the initiation. We won't, yeah. We're always molded by that level of loss. We're always molded by grief, but to be consciously rather than subconsciously molded um, and ideally, um, molded into something more cohesive even when you think you're fundamentally broken after a loss like this I think I think that's the goal and so I'm holding that right I'm holding that level of understanding and awareness yet I'm feeling so much angsty emotion like so much childhood emotion and childlike emotion um and I have such a little, what it feels like, such a little energetic capacity. And then I don't want to say pressure because I'm not putting necessarily that pressure on myself, but I'm feeling this calling, these heart-based tugs to be in different spaces and to be engaging with expansive practices. And then this call, this bigger calling to become, to become, and you can't you can't just become in an instant. It's something that happens over time and it happens in the, in the micro choices that we make that carve in a new groove, a new macro pattern. Um, it's a chaotic process and it's all made so much more complex when you're grieving around people. And I think it's, I can't, I tried to put it in order of like what would be the most difficult to be the only person grieving when the others around you aren't or to be not grieving but someone close to you is really in that grief or to be grieving and to have everybody surrounding you grieving as well, which is the situation that I'm in. It's all really, really difficult. You can't put a number on it. Um, but grief, oh my goodness, grief. Yeah, there's just no way, there's no way to move through it except for the way that we do move through it. <laughs> it's different for everyone. Um, and, and, and yeah, like the, the complexities, layers of complexities added by having to relate and ideally re relate harmoniously to those around us who are also grieving while also providing love and support to them while also trying to love and support yourself, while you're falling apart and breaking down. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But we're doing it. And I'm doing it. And... Yeah. What I, I want to really put out into the world um, through this, whatever it is, through this expression is that 
what feels most true for me right now is to follow those little tugs at the heartstrings, to follow those visions that come from my chest space, to, to tend to and nurture the heart's yearning. That joy, that connection, that living as love, loving, living, living as love and living with love as a priority feels most right to me now and so I really really desire the strength and the energy and the will and the awareness and the courage to keep chipping away at this rigid mentality that can take a hold of me so that I can live and express from a space of being dropped into and connected to my heart because that is a space of connection and joy and a level of tenderness that I don't have to get lost in. Um, and yeah, what's also been interesting through this process is I've, I've always, I've always, okay, so when, when stuff comes up, right, like when you confront the shadow, when you're going deep into those spaces, those spaces, and you hit the shadow, I, I've always been a big believer in not having to dig, not having to dig, not having to, you know, always be doing shadow work, not always having to be in a deep emotional process. Because life's gonna life's gonna show you when you need to be in a deep emotional process. And 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 sometimes we need to consciously go into that acknowledgement because we're all repressing and bearing and we become emotionally aware. We're like, oh my gosh, I've got some work to do. But there's a fine line between like digging when you don't need to and not digging when you have to. Um and and what I'm finding right now with the space that I'm in is that I certain practices, certain states states of consciousness bring me to what I feel to be the like the shadow the the shadow you know I think it's so easy to say shadow work but it's like oh do we really hit the shadow do we really hit the shadow every time we say that we are doing that work um because when I hit the shadow what it's felt like recently uh there's been a few moments like less than a handful where I feel like I hit it and it comes up as like, I can see this darkness or I can feel this sickness in my gut when I'm tapping into it. And it's at the end of the exhale and it's all of this nausea living in my gut. And as soon as I find it, as soon as I tap into it, and I'm not, not, ne I'm not necessarily always trying to get there, but something gets me there. And as, as soon as I meet it, as soon as I feel it, as soon as I tap into it, what I've been feeling is that I just move on. I just go back into whatever practice that it was that, that led me there. I just come back to the present moment and that that's enough because what the shadow is and where it comes from and what thought patterns it's connected to are not necessarily irrelevant, but like 
it wouldn't be hard for me right now to figure it out. You know, I know what the belief systems are. I know what the thought patterns are. And so when I hit those places in a deep healing, it's really powerful to be like, oh, I see you. There you are. Let's move on. <laughs> and being able to take that deep breath right after and being able to return to the present moment and keep moving or whatever it is that's, that got me there. It's like trusting that in that acknowledgement, a little bit of it shifts, a little bit of it gets let go or I, I'll come back to it or whatever it is. Not I'll come back to it, but what's done, what needs to be done was done in that moment, in that, in just getting there. Um, Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't let my mind spiral into its little holes. Um, when you're like moving through something heavy, you, I think you can't help it. I mean, for me, that's how I am, you know, and, you know, I, I reflect with on Jesse because Jesse's um, the co-host of this podcast. Like his process is so different to mine and his um, relationship to his, his mind is so different than mine. Um, I, f I feel a lot more like angsty and melodramatic. He just feels so much more like mentally stable to me. <laughs> and that's not to say that he's not going through his own experience of this loss. Like, my God, he's in it. Um, but yeah, like that's what I mean. Like having to relate while doing this kind of work, it's effing hard, man. Cause there's like, I'm hurting and he's hurting, but we're hurting in such different ways. And, and there's like, is there even a point in talking about it? Because like, we both know, we just know, we know where each other are. We know what we're going through. And sometimes it's, we get somewhere by talking about it. And sometimes we don't. So that's why I thought I'd just pick up the microphone and talk and speak to my version of this story because um, I've been wanting to do a little check-in you know of of where I'm at after sharing um, our story which was a big share and I really my I, I feel like my communication channel was really open my communication channels were really open during those first few months of grieving up until the point of sharing the podcast. And I'm so grateful that I shared it in the way that I did. But the contraction that came after that, the natural recoil of, um, yeah, that, like that, there was a period of withdrawal after having opened up so much to let that out, there's been a period of withdrawal that has then taken months. And I just feel like I've been falling into myself. I mean, I was on top of every message in the first few months of the loss. Like what? I'm never on top of every message. And now the lag is getting real. But that's, that's been a part of this process to ride the wave of that contraction. So I hope by me sharing this update lets you in. Um, cause that's how I am. I like to be open. It helps me to speak all of this out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope that I'm also just on the other side of that contraction as well. Cause that can be a hard space to be in. 
So, yeah, that's me. Thank you for all the love and support or just for listening. Hey, because uh, this feels this feels like a connection. I hope it feels in some way like that for you as well. Yeah, until next time. <laughs>